Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Mark Griffith, and Shine, our producer. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, and we are so thankful for you coming in here today and joining us. And uh, really, we are excited about talking about our subject today because we're, we're going to talk about resort areas and how it is that you purchase a home in a resort area and all of the nuances that you need to know about and you know what's important to know. And it is uh, really interesting because Mortgage Investors Group does have offices in some really key resort areas um, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, we have a Pickwick office, which has a really nice second home investment property, lake property investment type of resort areas. And then you also have Fairfield Glade, which our manager there is John Brewington, who we're going to have in just one moment. And then we also, of course, as well have Gatlinburg, Sevier County, Sevierville. Um, we also have an office there. And I guess you could also say there's areas of resort in other um, office areas as well, but those are the ones that specifically meet the things that we're talking about. And it's really a great opportunity out there at the present time because really, historically, we're at the lowest interest rates of all time, and also the home prices are really far down there. They're going to start to rebound. As a matter of fact, we've seen them start to rebound a little bit. So if you're thinking about doing a second home, or you're thinking about buying your retirement home, or you have the cash to maybe do an investment property and you want to go into those areas, um, now's the time. That's right. And so without any further ado, we have John Brewington, our manager of our Fairfield Glade office with us. John's been with uh, Mortgage Investors Group for a long time. And thank you for coming in and speaking with us, John. Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Well, first, let me ask you this. Um, how long have you been at Mortgage Investors Group? Let's see, about 15 years now. That's a significant amount of time. And, you know, one of the things that, John, most people want to know is in those resort areas, you know, it's not anything difficult. I mean, you're not talking about having to get qualified for a special type of loan. They're pretty much the same type of loan that anybody else could qualify for. It just depends, um, you know, on what your occupancy status is and so forth. So it's not a special loan. That, that's true, um, you know, as far as the rates that are available on those types of loans and, and so on, they're, they're generally very compatible with what, uh, with what rates someone might have on their, their home that they live in. And, you know, one of the other things is that if someone, you know, thinking right now, especially with as low as rates are, even if you're doing a property that is an investment property, so you absolutely plan on renting it out. I mean, even if you factor in the, the um, increase in rate that we are required to charge for an investment property, I mean, goodness gracious, you're still going to get something potentially under 4%, wouldn't you say? That's true. That sure is. And for those folks that are also out there that, you know, maybe currently live in a resort area, and I know we're heard all the way up into Fairfield Glade here on WNOX, for the folks that are out there that actually own investment properties and they own property that 
is you know under the resort you know uh, category probably not a bad idea bad idea to think about refinancing what are you looking for for your folks in those areas on maybe what their rate should be for the for them to come in and talk to you well i mean you know it certainly depends upon how much uh, how much somebody owes on their property and and some variables like that but but generally speaking, anybody that's in the, the mid fours and, and higher, you know, it's probably worth taking a look at, uh, you know, rate reduction uh, uh, possibilities for them, and, and, and certainly looking at the cost benefit there to, you know, to see how much uh, how much improvement they can pick up in their their payments and. Uh, and the interest that they're paying out uh, every year. And, I mean, the amount of money that people can save in, in on an investment property, if they're looking at cash flow and they're looking at, you know, they're renting it out, they're in Fairfield Glade, you know, it's a golf community, whatever type of resort area that you want, then if they were looking at cash flow and they just looked at the numbers, I mean, it would really benefit them if they had a 5% rate and you could then lower the rate down. I mean, even if they were to lower it down to a 20-year potentially, they might even still save money monthly. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're seeing a lot of that now. I mean, there certainly are those folks out there that, that are just looking to, uh, you know, to save as much as they can on that, on that monthly payment and improve their cash flow. But, but another very popular thing that we have, uh, have been doing to help folks out is uh, what I call a, you know, a turbocharged loan. And basically what a turbocharged loan does is it doesn't reduce your payment. Your payment, you know, you continue to make the same payment that you have made, but the, at the lower interest rate, you take those savings and invest those back into reducing your principal more quickly. And, uh, you know, in many cases, people can take four to five years off of their, their current schedule uh, without increasing their payment at all. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. And, and that doesn't have to be just in a resort area, obviously. It could be in any area um, that we service in the state of Tennessee. Um, another thing with the, you know, with the resort areas, you know, a lot of people wonder, well, you know, I live in the property a couple of a couple of weeks out of the year, or maybe a month out of the year, and and they want to maybe purchase or refinance, but they don't want to change what the occupancy status is. They really want it to be a second home because, in fact, that's what they feel it is. Talk to us just from a mortgage perspective. Walk us through what people need to be aware of, whether it's at MIG or whether it's at any other lender, because we're all dealing with the same rules. Walk us through what they need to be cautious about and what they need to make sure that they're doing correctly. Well, I mean, it's always important, uh, you know, I, I would throw this out, first of all, to, to speak with your tax advisor if you are thinking about changing the status of a property. Uh, in other words, if it was an investment property originally and you're starting to use it more as a second home, it's always good to talk to a, you know, a tax professional about that and vice versa, too, because it can have uh, you know, potential tax uh, implications. Sure. But looking at it just from the mortgage side of things, um, you know, uh, the definition of a second home really is something that somebody is uh, using for personal use. And uh, typically, the way the IRS looks at that is, if you if you use a home for more than 14 days for personal use, it is a second home, uh, as opposed to an investment property. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean because you you're using it as a second home and and you are using it for personal use that you couldn't rent it out occasionally uh, and get a little and get a little rental income from it. Um, on the other hand, though, if somebody is buying a, a property and and 
they're they're expecting to have it rented out for the next two years. Obviously, that's not really going to fit the definition of a second home. Okay, and I know that this is something that we all certainly think about when we are, you know, making when someone makes application, and you know, they are telling us, you know, one thing, and then we get their tax returns, and we see another thing, and, and then it's all about maybe semantics, and you're trying to figure out what's up and what's down. So to boil it down for folks, so that we understand really the um, nuts and bolts of how this works, if somebody has a property let's say, in Fairfield Glade, and it's in a resort community, and they live in Knoxville, so they have this home in uh, Fairfield Glade. So in this home, they spend, you know, three, four, maybe even a month, a year. Now, they also, though, because it's in a really nice area, it's on the 16th hole, it's got a beautiful view of the par three there with the lake, and it's just beautiful. So they also rent it out maybe three months out of the year, not consecutively, but maybe they rented out three or four nights here, two nights there, you know, whatever. Could they, and I don't want to set you up here, but I mean, I'm just trying to understand it. Could they actually refinance that home? If they purchased it as a second home, could they refinance that home with you or us as a second home? Sure, I mean because they are using it for personal use, okay. um, and, and they are meeting the you know the definition of, of the second home in terms of their usage of it and things like that. So, you know, in, in the mortgage world, we don't necessarily uh, say that uh, you you can never rent uh, rent a house out uh, if it's a second home. It's just that uh, you know in general it has to be for personal use, and you have to. To, you know, to use it in that way each year. We're here with John Brewington. He's our manager of our Fairfield Glade office, and he is in the resort community of Fairfield Glade. And we're talking to him today about mortgages um, inside of resort areas and, and a host of other things. Another question would be for those people out there that might not know what um, you know to consider for for purposes of a second home. I have a lot of folks sometimes. I had a lot of folks when I was actively producing that would say, "Well, I've got this home." in Clinton and I'm purchasing a home in Knoxville and the home in Clinton is my second home but it's only 25 miles from my house it's really not in a resort area the home in Clinton but they're trying to call it a second home or vice versa maybe they live in Clinton and they're buying a home in Knox so so talk us through what an underwriter or what Fannie Mae Freddie Mac what are the rules about what is considered a second home I mean, it does get into a gray area, certainly, when you get into defining a second home and, and what is reasonable uh, in, in, in terms of, of those considerations. Uh, you're right, if you have uh, you know, two homes in Oak Ridge, it's pretty tough to say that one of those is a second home right. uh, and, and make that case based on you know, the current uh, mortgage world's view of, of, of that anyway. Um, on the other hand, though, you can have homes in fairly close proximity um, and again, it's it's a it's a reasonability test. So, for example, if somebody wanted to uh, you know to buy uh, up up in the uh, Gallenberg area, and they live in Knoxville, um, I mean, distance-wise, you're not talking about a great deal of distance there. But mm-hmm. Gallenberg is a resort area, um, okay. and it wouldn't be unusual for somebody to drive up for the weekend, you know, maybe an hour away or whatever to their cabin. Um, so, you know, that's that's a pretty reasonable assumption that 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 would be a legitimate second home scenario. Um, the same thing is true with an area like uh, Fairfield Glade or, or even some of the lakes. 
Um, if somebody in Knoxville has a has a home over on Watts Bar, um, you know, even on uh, some of the you know some of the lakes that even a little closer in Teleco, things like that, um, you do get into that gray area. But but again, you know, is it reasonable that somebody would have a second home there and that they would want to go spend weekends and things like that? And that's that's kind of what we get into on the on the mortgage side of things is that reasonability test, which can be the area that it's in, how far away it is, that type of thing. Hey, John, uh, let's make a distinction for our listeners just for a second um, between uh, a timeshare and what we're talking about. Because I know in some of those resort areas, and I know especially in Fairfield Glades, there may be some timeshare owners. Sure, sure. Yeah, Fairfield is definitely one of those areas that, that has its share of timeshares and, and um, you know, the Smokies as well. I think that's, there's a lot of timeshare activity in that area, too. Well, also, I think that people, you know, understand that even though a timeshare is property owned, that it is certainly looked at differently uh, from our perspective because you don't own a specific unit in the real estate that resides under that unit. It is it is looked at differently, and so there's certainly things that you need to understand. We're going to um, talk more about that, too, when, when we come back from the break. But, John, I have a couple more questions. We have a few minutes left here, um, but I wanted to talk to you also about the distance because let's just say as an example, and I want folks to understand because it's important. This is a great time for people to understand this because people really, I mean, I'm getting questions all the time. I'm getting calls all the time about what is a second home, you know, because they're looking to purchase some of these uh, properties that are lower in value and the interest rates are so low. They're wanting to take advantage of this, especially um, those people out there that are trying to get those $100 down on the Fannie Mae, the REO sales. I mean, uh, that's an incredible deal if you can find the right property. But let's just say, John, for instance, if there is the miles test that is actually okay. So let's say we have a property that's in Knoxville and you have found a property that is over 50 miles away. That does not have to be in a resort area as long as it's over a certain distance away from your primary residence, correct? Well, I mean, again, that that's where you would get into that reasonability, uh, uh, you know, question as far as as far as distance and location. And I think you're you're absolutely right. The closer that you get in proximity to your primary residence, the more compelling reasons that you have to have there, uh, being uh, that the home is in a resort or it's on a lake or, or those types of things, to make the case that hey, you know, it may only be 40 miles away. However these are the circumstances of the location and things like that, that that still would be reasonable to look at this as a second home okay well that makes a lot of sense well john tell us tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you real quick before we leave sure you uh you know listeners can visit us online at migonline.com and uh also uh also by phone as well and your phone number at your fairfield office uh 931-707-1314 and you can reach John Brewington there. He can take care of any a refinance, purchase of a second home, a primary residence, pretty much anything John can do. Again, John, thanks so much for joining us. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Then I can solve some mysteries too. Your Fox News Radio source, 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, 
the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Hot off the press, the housing market is starting to recover, home prices are rising, home sales are increasing, home builders are clearing lots and raising roofs. Mortgage Investors Group would like to help you take advantage of this nationwide housing recovery by offering you the lowest interest rates in our nation's history. Don't miss out. Call us today, 800-489-8910 or visit us on mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. There is nothing better than summer fun in the backyard of your new home, grilling hamburgers and serving them up to your family and friends. With 16 offices in Tennessee, Mortgage Investors Group would like to help you realize this dream. Whether it's refinancing or purchasing, MIG is ready to serve you up some of the lowest interest rates in our country's history. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us at MIGonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Clearly, your best choice for news talk. 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. Thank you for coming back in and joining us um, here with co-host Mark Griffith. And we um, really appreciate you guys coming in and spending this hour with us. And Mortgage Investors Group is the sponsor of this show. And Mortgage Investors Group has been in Tennessee and uh, doing loans here uh, since 1989. Number one um, privately held mortgage lender in the state. Um, number one VA lender in the state, number one FHA privately held uh, lender in the state. Also, of course, they're the number one THDA lender, which is the first time home buyer program. So they they hold some pretty um, high uh, rankings when it comes to doing loans. And I think that that's significant for you. If you're out there, you know, thinking about purchasing or refinancing a home and you want to go with someone who really knows the business, just upside and down and knows how to get loans completed and knows every nuance that um, a loan is going to have, possibly anything that you need to to be aware of, Mortgage Investors Group is going to be the folks that will take care of all of those needs. And so call us. We'll take care of you and we'll we'll try to help you. And we are your advisor. We're your trusted advisor and help to guide you and give you the information that you need um, to make the right decision. And, you know, John Brewington was a perfect example of that. And we also wanted to give a shout out to Crossville, who the uh, is the other office that's over in that area. Um, do you have their phone number? Um, I do. Uh, actually, their phone number is 931-707-1470. 
So if you're looking for a loan in Crossville or Fairfield Glade, you can contact them. If you're looking for a loan and you have another location, maybe that might be in Memphis or Oak Ridge or Knoxville, Lenore City, we have 16 office locations to serve you. And we are um, excited to announce that we also have a Greenville office now that is uh, very close to opening. And Joyce and her team will be taking over that office. And we're in orientation right now with her. And, you know, we're just growing leaps and bounds. Last month, we had 12 new hires. This month, we have six new hires. And we're just going to continue to do that and grow Mortgage Investors Group. And ultimately, is to help you, though. And the we also now. have an office in Cookville. Uh, John Parrish. John uh, Parrish. Uh, he's he's a great guy and uh, up on the plateau. A, vet, area. a veteran too, and a super veteran. Yeah, I mean this guy was in some some serious stuff in uh, Vietnam. So and on MIG he's, Heroes, we he is about definitely him. one of our MIG heroes. But Cookville Office, their number is nine three one five two six. 9496 and that's John and his team up there. Mm-hmm. John Brewington of course Fairfield Glades and Jeannie Sidwell is the Crossville manager. Yeah, and then John Parrish has Laura Looper. Yes. Um and and those folks over there can help take care of any need that you have. And if you do have some other location like I was saying, you can go to migonline.com and find the location closest to you on that if you go to that page, then you'll have all of our offices. That's the first thing that pulls up. You'll have all of the offices that we offer. And if you don't have internet or you just want to call, you can call 1-800-489-8910. And we can just, you know, get you located, get you put in touch with the person that's closest to you. So I thought that segment was very interesting with John. It's it's interesting because it's we always get those phone calls, especially when we start increasing in activity. Mm-hmm. And if you recall back in the bubble years, that 2003 when things started hopping and grooving and moving uh that's when folks were calling about second homes they were buying places in florida you did a lot of florida stuff i did you did a lot of south carolina on the coast stuff mm-hmm. um so you know we all we all did so that was uh in I, that it's starting to feel that way now because these prices are low these deals are really good out there and absolutely um, so folks are interested in that and you know another thing too is that if you are looking to purchase a home and you are purchasing that because you want uh, to get a good deal and you're just trying to pick up a property and you don't know exactly what you're going to call it then it's a great time to call your trusted advisor. Now, we are not tax accountants and we're not, that's not our um, our role, but we certainly can help you to give you the information that you need to make the best decision from the mortgage side. And then, you know what, most of us, I know I do, and I know your team does, and all of our teams have, you know, referral sources for, they can, they can refer you to someone that is an accountant that they have um, in their, you know, kind of in their referral source book that they can guide you to, to help you there as well. That would make a good sponsor for our show is an accountant, because we have yes. a lot of referrals that we give out to accountants. So absolutely. if there's one listening out there and you'd like to be a part of the show, we can line you up with some customers. Yes, absolutely. And you can, you can call us um, anytime, um, or you can go to the housinghour.com and uh, click on the uh, sponsorship opportunities tab and that will tell you all about our sponsorship opportunities and we have several options there so um, the one thing I did want to clarify for people it was the um, the second home status so the example off air I made to John that we were not able to get to and we'll talk about this now is about if someone lives in Memphis Mark and let's say they are trying to purchase a property in Knoxville. 
maybe it's because their son or daughter go to the University of Tennessee and they're living in a dorm and they just want to have a property because they know that the market's going up and they just like to purchase a property, maybe in a historic area in downtown Knoxville, maybe West Knoxville. You know, I would argue, and I think that an underwriter would agree, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I know they would agree, that that was still, even though it's not in a resort area, it could still be considered a second home. And then real quick, I want to, for the folks out there that are thinking, why is it that you even care that whether it's a second home or an investment property? That was a comment Shine made after the first segment. <laughs> well, the reason it's important is because you're going to pay a much lower interest rate if you did it as a second home rather than an investment property. That's right. And so, and I would make a distinction too that you mentioned if you have a, a student coming to UT, FHA does still do kitty condo loans. Uh, we're, you know, we call them that. So basically, right. it's the parents can co sign with the, the daughter or son and, uh, and still do it in a maximum FHA loan without the down payment. So they get the super duper interest rate and they still have very uh, low dollars investment into it. Right. And, and then the fact is, look, say that they aren't able to do it as a kitty condo for whatever reason, maybe the particular property that they're buying is not FHA approved or whatever, they can just go ahead and they can do an 80% conventional investment property purchase if it's not able to be considered a second home. Um, So you just have to feel that out and see how it is that would be most effective and the best for you. Because, I mean, we're going to follow the rules at MIG 100%. Well, your mother, who's the president of the company, is going to make us do that, <laughs> right. for sure, if, if we just want to wander away right. from that at all. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously, it's important that she keeps us on our toes, but also we follow the rules, too, because that's just the letter of the law. And the fact is, for lenders out there that don't follow the rules, and if they are caught doing that, you've probably seen in the papers, you know, and I know it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but people go to jail for misrepresenting um, loan applications. Well, and for, for 20 years that I've been a manager in this business, Business, it's easier to follow the rules and do it right the first time than to mess it up. Yeah. And and then the consequences that damages your family. Because there's a lot of people across the country that's gone to jail. That's absolutely true. And you think about back in 2004, 2005, there were a lot of lenders that if they had an occupancy question, it just didn't come up. I mean, if it came up, then <laughs> they didn't thoroughly investigate it. You know, I mean, they were buying properties anywhere all the time and they were not only not calling it what it was which was an investment property they were also doing a no doc loan so we saw those with the flippers right uh, the flippers were going in making loan applications some of them not all of them were making loan application as owner occupants mm-hmm. so and right. then all of a sudden you know they were never occupying the property they're fixing up and reselling it there's nothing wrong with flipping and selling a home it's just that when you make sure that 1003 when you sign that application that that information is correct because when things went bust and their homes didn't sell, Fannie Mae came in and saw that, hey, why did you say that you intended to occupy when you never did occupy? Things get kind of ugly. And then also another consequence or an unintended consequence maybe is that these folks who, you know, tried to go in and say, oh, I'm buying a home in Destin, Florida, and it's my, it's my, it's my second home, and then they were fixing it up, and they were flipping it, like you said, which there's right. nothing wrong with that, but you know what? If you just called it an investment property and paid an extra quarter in rate, I mean, big deal. You're doing the right thing because you're following the law, and you're still going to profit out on that, 
way more than you would have ever imagined. So doing the right thing and calling it an investment property, if that is what it is, it just makes a lot more sense to do it that way. I mean, it just makes more sense for numerous reasons, one of which would be that it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Right. And that's what we do at Mortgage Investors Group every yeah. single day, the right thing. Yeah. And you know, MIG at the same time, we're, we're constantly making promises and we're constantly setting the, the bar really, really high. We want to do the loan closing as quickly as possible. We want to get everybody taken care of. We want to follow all of the rules. And the fact is, it's our joy to keep promises. That's what we do. But we also want to make sure that, you know, our our you know, decisions that we're making and the expectations we're setting are for the right reasons. And that's, that's really just our business model. We want to do it for the right reasons and get it done quickly and not do it just to get the job done and do it incorrectly, which I mean, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but there are people who do continue to cut corners and we're able to cut corners, but do it the right way. Meaning we're going to get the job done quicker. And so that's what I would consider cutting a corner is just doing it quicker. Well, you know, in July of, uh, what was it? 2010, we had something like 30,000 licensed loan officers in the state of Tennessee, and that dropped when... I think it was 17,000, down to 1,400. So it's down to 1,400. That's what Steve just... Steve Smith, he's been on the show. But there was a huge number that dropped off because some of those folks just left the business and other ones just got escorted out of the business. Right, that's exactly right. (laughs) And, And the difference too, Mark, both you and I are both licensed loan officers, and everybody at Mortgage Investors Group, they're all licensed and they've been through the training, they've taken the tests, and they understand all of the rules and regulations. Whereas some other lenders in the area that are bank owned or are banks themselves, they are not required to go through that same training. And they are also not required to have their credit checked to make sure that they have background checks completed. Whereas all of our loan officers have had background checks, they have had their credit ran, and they have been made sure that they are people who can make the decisions and help guide you. In those other places, they just they don't have those same rules and, and, and requirements. Well, when I got in the business in 1985, uh, I was told that we were the mortgage business was the most highly regulated industry in the in the banking system. And uh, now multiply that by ten in 2010 when we came through the NMLS. Now we have a lot more regulations and scrutiny on us which is good so but it's forced a lot of folks out cream rises to the top and that's who we've got we've got the cream yep and you know what's amazing is that mig from day one one of their big mottos in one of way before i was ever working here they told us that you are going to get a good faith estimate and we are going to guarantee our right. good faith estimate. That's right. Well, how long did it take for the industry to finally come around and say, you got to guarantee your good faith estimates? We've been doing that since 1989. That's, that's an excellent point yeah. because the new HUD-1 changes a couple of years back required us to honor what we put on the good faith estimate. And we've always done And that. we've been doing that for the last 15 years. <laughs> and so I think that that is important distinction to make for other lenders is that, you know, we've always done that and we've always made sure that we have honored just exactly what it is that we have said on the original good faith estimate. So Mark, tell me about who we are going to have in our closing segment today. 
Well, you know, one of the things in our country we with kids, and it's now I'm, I'm kind of moving our Goodwill section to kids. Uh, so we're going to be seeing I've some, got a couple of them. You have a couple. I've got a couple. Shine, you need to join us, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have coming up uh, autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, autism is a is a significant issue, and it's a it's a it's a big thing to handle. We have uh, Brooke Dickerson uh, from the Autism Society of East Tennessee joining us here in just a minute. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you all for joining us, and we're excited about uh, hearing from her and talking to her. And we thank you guys for coming in today. Um, and we're going to be back right after these messages. Radio 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy, and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. Roughly six years after the housing market began its longest, deepest slide since the Great Depression, experts believe the end of the slide has come. Home prices are rising, home sales are increasing, and interest rates are at their lowest level. Mortgage Investors Group would like to help you take advantage of these fantastic market conditions. MIG has 16 offices in Tennessee, so call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. WNOX News Talk 100.3. Find us on Facebook. 
The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. And I want to tell you guys about a company that I believe very strongly in, and that is Admiral Title. Admiral Title was started about eight years ago by Terry Adams and Phyllis Burnett, and they designed a title company to help for uh, closing transactions, real estate related transactions. And, um, you know, come to find out, we had Terry on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he actually said on air that the reason and the way that they designed their company was to mirror the principles that Mortgage Investors Group had when they started their company. So he really was able to compliment uh, the owners of our company. And, and, and I really agree with that because he puts the customer first and they do absolutely anything and everything they can to meet promises that they've made. And they never say no. They make it happen um, on time and when it is needed. And they will go out of their way to make sure that they keep the promises that they have made. And I think that's a tremendous thing that they do. So if you are a real estate agent or a lender out there and you're thinking about or need a good title company, a good representative for that part of the transaction, um, Admiral Title is the place to go. Their phone number to reach them is 865-531-6060. And you can ask for Phyllis. And that's 865-531-6060. Admiral Title. So Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you for you to introduce our next guest. Yeah. And uh, I also would point out that on the housing hour, thehousinghour.com, you can find on, under sponsorships, Admiral Title, Title and our other sponsors and click through to their website. Absolutely. So if you want to see point. their website. And today we have a guest, uh, Brooke Dickerson. She's the executive director of Autism Society of East Tennessee. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for having us. Well, we're more than happy to have you on the show. Tell us, autism is is an incredible thing. And, uh, and I know we've been... Everybody maybe at some point has been touched by that with a family member, uh, you know, a cousin, nephew. Somebody has been touched by that. But it's very powerful, and we see it all. But can you explain to us what autism is? Okay. Autism is a neurobiological disorder. It affects the way that the brain absorbs and processes information. Um, Autism, the newest autism rates published by the CDC in April of 2012 stated that one out of 88 children would be diagnosed with autism. It is a lifelong disorder and there is no cure. Um, One out of 88 children is staggering and it most often affects boys rather than girls. In fact, about four times more likely. Is this number going up over time? Absolutely. Just a couple of years ago, it was one in 110. In 2007, it was one out of 200 or 150, excuse me, one out of 150. So do they know, are these because diagnostic capabilities have have improved or is this because of some type of factors increasing? They think it's because of some other types of factors. Yes, diagnostic tools have improved, but not to that degree. I mean, this is just spiraling and, or I should say skyrocketing, spiraling up um, the diagnosis, the condition, because there is no cure and because they don't know what the cause is. Um, And that being said, autism has a, there's a, there's a genetic 
predisposition for autism. Okay, so there are some genes that, that say you might have the possibility of autism in your family. However, there is a light switch of some sort or multiple light switches exactly that either turns autism on or off and they cannot find those they cannot identify those Uh, the latest thoughts are there's probably more than one because autism presents itself so differently in different children and adults so so the uh the things that they're trying to discover now is this what's causing it or are we just trying to find ways to manage it all, all of that's going on. They're still trying to figure out what the light switch triggers are. They're trying to identify those. Um, they're also working on and testing and trying to get research um, to find the best practices for managing autism once it does present itself. There's multiple uh, therapies out there. Lots of them are experimental. There are some proven ones, and the proven ones are ABA which is an applied behavior analysis. It's a way of teaching kids a baby step or a small step at a time to do complex tasks. And our kids learn best that way. But because kids and adults with autism learn that way, that's not the way you or I would learn in a classroom or learn and um, generalize what we learn. Describe some of the symptoms that people see when you have autism. Um, There are always three sets of symptoms for autism. There is some sort of deficit with communication and language. There is always some sort of deficit with social interaction. And then there's a deficit with play and typical play. Okay. And they're being, and you see this at what age? I mean, when do you pick Um, this up? Realistically, most kids are diagnosed between the ages of three and five, but those symptoms can present themselves as early as birth or at any time after. So, so parents are feeling some type of anxiety or frustration with some developmental issues. And that's, that's exactly right. The, the kids who are supposed to meet those CDC milestones, the things that are published that toddlers are supposed to meet, you know, looking at eye contact by three months and babbling and then all of the little milestones, sitting up, walking, crawling, all of those things, interacting with words and sentences, the eye contact is a big one. Those things, parents are not seeing those things at a normal age for other children. You know what's I think most important for people out there that are listening to understand is that there are some things that autism is not, you know, and and I think there's such a stigmatism, I think, and autism is not the result of poor parenting. Exactly. I mean, that is so crucial to understand. I have a very close uh, family of the friends of ours that have a son, and I mean, we certainly understand that, but that is so important to know is that if they have a son or a daughter or someone in their family that has autism, it's not a result of poor parenting. And it's not, also, it's not an adult or a child, whoever has it, it's not a lack of emotions or feelings. They still feel those things. Absolutely, they do. And I think that's important for people to know because, you know, they think, well, the, it's just the light switch is off and, and underneath there is a real person. Absolutely, yeah. there is. In fact, some of our nonverbal, uh, some of our more severely nonverbal children and adults with autism are absolutely brilliant but you have to communicate with them differently we have a once soon to be published local author she's an adult with autism in her early 40s here in town and she's getting ready to publish her second book Mm. nobody thought she could say or speak or understand anything up until she was out of school Mm. and they handed her a computer keyboard 
And she started communicating by typing, communicating by using that kind of technology. And like I said, she's finishing up her second book. That's incredible. And another thing too, Mark, you know, there's this stereotype in people's minds that, well, this um, person who has autism, they can count things really, really quickly. Like they think of Rain Man and they think that that's what an autistic person is. And maybe certainly that might be something that some cases may involve, but there's a whole host of different um, types of people with autism. It's not just that, correct? Absolutely. In fact, there's a local corporation in our uh, region somewhere in the 30, our 36 counties we serve and uh, an adult with Asperger's is their CFO mm. oh wow um, I happen to know of someone in my church who is a retired arm or pardon me retired Navy captain mm-hmm. I mean they are in all walks of life especially those with Asperger's because hold that thought mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they are the those with Asperger's mm-hmm. are more verbal and they connect very well and typically they're very gifted mm-hmm. it's, it's but that speech that speech disconnect whether it's because they talk about the same things all the time or because they don't talk at all makes people think that there's something wrong with them intelligence wise and there is not and and kevin the other thing that's so frustrating uh and and can be challenging for the parent it's not just this this is one thing usually there's multiple other layers of uh issues aren't there I mean, absolutely i mean there's so many sensory integration issues i mean all uh, you know maybe some phonemic awareness you know obviously so but just speak to the other things that go on with these kids um well first of all every individual with autism is unique you will not find any two that look alike act alike or respond to the same types of interventions in the same ways, which also makes it difficult to find things that work for those with autism because you literally have to tailor your interventions for each individual child or adult. Um, Other things that are issues are, like you said a minute earlier, Mark, about the sensory. Sensory is not in and of itself a piece of autism my son has sensory issues okay um but it can complicate an already difficult situation they're sensitive to light um loud noises really bother them a lot of kids with autism and adults who have the sensory issues they're super sensitive hearing cannot be in large crowds can't go to concerts and things like that and yet they can hear conversations that are mm. two, three, four rooms down, which wow. in and of itself is an interesting skill to have. Mm. How do you channel that skill to something positive? How do you teach them to use that? Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that kids and or individuals with autism always have is a need for sameness, a need for routine. Even, even, um, Jeez, even changing where people sit in the car, in a yeah. family car, could right. cause problems. A change in routine at school due to a, a, an assembly or a special sporting event will really throw an individual with autism's timing off and they, they will act out in that classroom in an inappropriate way 
because of the change in routine. Oh. They love that routine. So what do you, what does your organization, your society do? What, what, is, what are the components of it? Autism Society of East Tennessee, our mission is support services, education, and advocacy for individuals with autism, their families, and the professionals and teachers who support them. We do social skills programs called Friendship Clubs for their kids. We do education conferences and workshops. We'll take an autism orientation to any business. Um, we do autism awareness. In fact, we're getting ready to do a baseball, uh, a baseball autism awareness event at the Smoky Stadium, second Saturday in August. I believe that's August 11th. And we're doing an autism awareness night there. We do lots of individual phone conversations, email support. We have a 36-county resource database that specifically holds resources for individuals with autism so they can get therapies, doctors, dentists, haircuts, all kinds of things. Where can they go to get this information? I know you got a website. Absolutely. www.asaetc.org or they can call us at 865-247-5082. Excellent. So, Kevin, we'll get all that stuff posted okay. onto our website at thehousinghour.com. We have a little piece. We'll have all that out there. Um, is there, You have a golf tournament coming up, too? Yes, we do. We have a golf tournament coming up on Monday... September 17th. We would love to have folks come out and play in that golf tournament. You can find information about that golf tournament also on our website at asaetc.org as well as an opportunity to just come and support the community. That golf tournament raises a significant amount of funds, not only for Autism Society, but for a local nonprofit in town called Breakthrough Corporation who serves adults with autism. That is fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming in. And I think for those out there that, you know, have um, a family member that d does suffer from and uh, whatever other symptoms that they have to deal with, it's also great maybe to have um, someone else that you can share this with, other people to network with that share the same issues and have that unity and that community that maybe you're not finding um, wherever it is that you are going. So that's a great thing. We really appreciate that. And thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thanks Absolutely. Very much. So another great show here on the Housing Hour. Thank uh, Mark for putting that together for us. And we want to thank John Brewington for being one of our guests. And also Brooke. And thank you, Shine, for producing a great show for us as usual. And thank you, more, most importantly, the listener, for coming in and joining us. And we want to see you next week right here on WNOX. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.